Good morning. Greetings in the name of Jesus. I told Brother Larry that I forgot my notes. Not at home, though. I did not forget my notes at home. Uh, I said I forgot them in the car. So I scurried back out to the car here and outside the church. And uh, this notebook was not found, was not to be found in the car. And I didn't have it at the pew in my seat. And um, so I look in the front seats, look in the back seats, and then I looked up. It was on top of the car. How about that? <laughs> the notes were on top of the car. Uh, Let's see. I've been in the faith now for, I guess, four years since uh, 2013, August, uh, April 2013, uh, when I first started keeping the Sabbath, obeying God, seeking His ways. And I have, uh, I've spoken out of the generosity of various congregations, not, and when I say generosity, uh, not, not, not of money, uh, but of, I guess, of a trust, of being able to get up and speak God's word. And I, so I have enjoyed, uh, with reverence to God Almighty, I have enjoyed speaking. Um, out of all of the speaking I've had various topics but I don't recall if I've talked doctrine if I've spoken on any particular doctrine of the Church of God Seventh Day whether it be God the Father Jesus Christ the Son the Sabbath what sin is, Satan. I've touched on various things. Today, the sermon title is The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And if you would like to turn with, turn with me to uh, Exodus 34, Exodus chapter 34. And verse 28. Actually, verse 27. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And it came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the Mount that Moses wist not, did not know, that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Moses' face, shining bright, glowing, to be in the presence of God Almighty, His holiness. There's this saying that people have used, good and bad, but more often than not, bad, that someone's character rubs off on someone else. 
God's holiness. God's holiness causing Moses. I am convinced that Moses was filled with righteousness. He was in the presence of God Almighty, shown. His face was shown, shining. Deuteronomy 4.13. Deuteronomy 4.13. And he declared unto you his covenant which he commanded you to perform even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stone. The ten commandments, written on two tables of stone. Once more in Deuteronomy 10.4. And he wrote on the tables, according to the first writing, the Ten Commandments, which the Lord spake unto you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And the Lord gave them unto me. Deuteronomy 25, actually I think that's Exodus 25. Exodus 25. I'm just covering some scripture verses here to get ourselves acquainted with the Ten Commandments. A little bit of history. Exodus 25 and verse 21. And thou shalt put... And thou shalt put the mercy seat above the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. The ark of the covenant was a rectangular box that was made out of, uh, uh, was it made out of uh, shittim wood? But it was overlaid with gold. And above it, the top of it was called the mercy seat. And inside of the ark was put the testimony. And in verse 22, Exodus 25, 22, and there I will meet with thee and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat and from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony. And all the things which I give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Let's go next to Exodus 31. Trying to build up the importance here of the Ten Commandments. Exodus 31. <clears throat> It is a sign between me and the children of Israel. This is 31, 17. Verse 17. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, two table, or ta tables of stone, written with the finger of God. God wrote the Ten Commandments in stone himself. So what are these Ten Commandments? Well, let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Let's take a look at these words. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20, 
And God spake all these words. This is verse 1. And God spake all these words. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So God spoke these words, and he has identified who he is. I am. And it was him, it was his power, his providence, that brought them out of the land of Egypt. Verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. No other gods. None. Whether it's a god made out of calf, silver, gold, trees, statues, totem poles, whatever. Men. Honoring Men on earth as gods, not to be done, or women, honoring a human being. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. We should not be making hats shaped like a fish head and sticking it on our heads. We should not. Thou shalt not bow down to them, or thou shalt not bow, not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I the Lord, for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. It appears that there is a love hate relationship baked right here in the Ten Commandments. And it divides people. It separates people from God. So we should not take images of fish and make an image. We should not take an image of a baby Jesus and be kissing it, adorning it with laying roses and such. We should not do the same for an image that supposedly represents the Virgin Mary. Now, you might think that I'm picking on a particular type of religion. Um, we should not take a statue of an oversized man in Asia that is sitting with his legs crossed and some, some whirly thing on his head and that does, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism and this kind of stuff. <clears throat> Verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his, that taketh his name in vain. Early, I always thought even in my youth, not to use curse words, especially when it comes to God and Jesus. But I did it anyway. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Could that have deeper meaning? Did Jesus himself even say, why call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? People that call themselves believers? But is it the Ten Commandments? Is there something about the Ten Commandments that you tell them about the Ten Commandments? 
or they read it, and then they scoff at it, or they, um, I don't know about that one. Which one? Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. There is something to remember here. Something to remember. The Sabbath day to keep it holy. So the Sabbath day, where does it come from? Where do we find this idea? And I use that term loosely, if the Sabbath is just an idea. Verse 9, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. When we read on into the Ten Commandments, there's thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And that means don't do these things. But here in verse 9, shalt thou labor, you shall do all your work. In six days, he gives us six days to work. The world will tell you that the first day of the week is a rest day. And seemingly so many places are closed. That is contrary to what God said here. Six days. We count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six days. But, and this is something that I've put in my Bible here, verse 10, but, and I underlined it in red and I put an exclamation mark after it, but, that's a change. That is shifting gears. He's talking about the six days and then he ends it and shifts gears. But what? But the seventh day, a very specific day each week. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. It's his. In it, thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, manservant, maidservant, nor thy cattle, even your animals, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. Even they that are not of the faith, they get the blessings of resting on the Sabbath, of not being forced to work. Do you think strangers would find pleasure in that? Would they see the blessing in that? Possibly want to join themselves unto God, the Creator, to seek His ways? I think that would be a blessing. Verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, that in them, that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill. Just plain and simple, don't kill. Don't murder. Just plain as day, don't kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And don't cheat. You just don't, you stay faithful. Simple term, stay faithful. Thou shalt not steal. Do not take what's not yours. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Bearing false witness. That is... One of those things, a slip of the tongue, can be so easy to do. A slip of the tongue. Bear false witness. That means telling lies. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, 
Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. I would say that that would go for women should not covet another husband. Should not. And the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet. In a previous verse, it says that the trumpet sounded long. It was loud. Very noisy. The mountain was smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed. They stepped back. They wanted to flee and stood afar off. Get me away from... Can you imagine? We can't be around this God. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us. So they wanted Moses to speak to them. And we will hear, but meaning they were going to listen to Moses, but let not God speak with, with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you that his fear may be before your faces that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off. Again, it says they stood afar off. And Moses drew near unto God in the thick darkness where God was. Very, very dark. The thick darkness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Amazing. The creator of the universe revealed himself in powerful words, earth-shaking, just earth-shaking to human beings. What a fearful sight that must have been. And to feel that rumbling of the earth. And he says in verse 23, Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold. That is just amazing to me that he reiterates that again. He says it again to Moses. Gods of silver, <laughs> gods of gold. This is the month of October, I believe, yes. And coming in a couple of months, there's this tradition, man-made tradition called Christmas, where they, whereby they take a tree out of the forest, and I did it once or twice, I did it, and deck it. Decorate it with silver and gold. Read it in Jeremiah. They were doing this stuff way back then. Silver and gold. Now, silver and gold. I had to look this up. I was just curious. I looked up on the internet. Speaking of the Christmas tree, um, how many Christmas trees are sold or grown? There are, according to Wikipedia or one of those uh, reference sites, 25, 20-something million trees are sold in the United States. And I forget how many uh, are, are grown each year in the United States. And it, it lists various states that are the mass producers of trees. <clears throat> now... Did the apostles face the same, did they see the same kind of stuff happening in their day? In Acts 19, in Acts 19, <clears throat> in Acts 19, we see that in verse 24, 
This was, um, let's see, actually we'll start in verse 21. And after these things were ended, Paul purposed in his spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus. And, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. And at the time, and the same time, there arose no small stir about, about that way. About that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, this is verse 24, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and says, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which made with hands. So that, I mean, this is the danger that they were seeing here. So that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, for, you know, set at nothing, <laughs> for nonsense, that it was of no value, that it was vain, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and that her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried, out saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And there was much confusion. You go on further, and I think for about the space of two hours, they kept, they kept chanting that. Great is Diana. Great is Diana. In this day and age, people would, I think people would say, Great is the Christmas tree. Great is Santa Claus. Back to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. I wrote down here that humans seemingly appreciate morals. Back in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. People appreciate that. People appreciate it when they're not lied to. For the most part. You tell them about the Ten Commandments, all of them? Hmm, I don't know about that. People appreciate morals. And in a day and age, uh, you know, and a sense of order. Peaceful living, people can appreciate instead of chaos and anarchy. And I'm reminded that even nature itself can teach us some things. Nature itself. I was thinking about, about our bodies, the cells that are within our bodies. And is it not amazing that we can that we wake up day to day and we expect our eyes to see and we expect our ears to hear? They do what they were designed to do. And that I'm able to pick up my cup of coffee and drink it with my mouth. <clears throat> then I'm able to take breath in and exhale. Would it not be absolute chaos if the cells in my body were to, if the, and I don't know much about medical, medical stuff, but if one cell were to, were to think, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore, I'm going to shift gears and I'm going to, I'm going to go be in the brain. Like bile or, you know, something that's in your stomach. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to jump through all of these organs. I'm just going to go to the brain and eat it up. There are bounds that have been set up. Spiritually speaking, though, did God give us bounds? The creator. Now, many will say, well, the Ten Commandments... We go to the New Testament. Okay, so let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to, let's go to James 2. People say, the Ten Commandments, that's old law. That's old law. Well, okay, so we're from there to the New, New Testament. Okay, so we can steal. 
James 2, verse 11. For he that said, do not commit adultery. <clears throat> Actually, in the, in the previous verse, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So right there in that verse, it says whole law, L-A-W. Then in verse 11, for he that said, do not commit adultery. For he that said, who's the he? God. That said, do not commit adultery. Said also, do not kill. Okay, James. James, I'm, I'm hearing this. I'm with you. James. I, I can identify here. I think I can identify here. He's talking about the Ten Commandments. Where do we find these statements, these commands? Do not commit adultery. Okay. He said that. Do not kill. Okay. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. Of the law. People will say that when Jesus died, hung on the cross, that the law was nailed to the cross. Which law, though? Which law? Nailed to the cross. Turn with me to Luke 23. Luke 23. Nailed to the cross, they say. <clears throat> now, we'll start in verse 52. This man... Speaking of um, uh, Joseph, a counselor, and was a good man. That's in verse 50. Jo this man named Joseph. This man went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down, that would be off the cross, and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. So Jesus was dead Jesus, taken off the cross, wrapped in linen, put into a tomb. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. Now we have to talk, we have to distinguish what Sabbath we're talking about here. Because I believe it's in John, it's either Luke or John, where there's a high Sabbath, a high, uh, the annual high day Sabbath, not the weekly seventh day Sabbath. Continue on here, 55. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. Jesus' body was in the tomb. And they returned. Now, remember, Jesus is dead. D-E-A-D, -E dead. Jesus died. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day. According to what? According to the commandment. Which Sabbath day is in the commandments of God? The weekly, holy, seventh day Sabbath. If the law was done away, specifically what people have a problem with, seemingly, is the Sabbath day. One day a week. The blessed, holy, sanctified Sabbath day. A mark that distinguishes your zeal, your belief in a creator that is almighty and holy. If it's done away, why are they resting the Sabbath day according to the commandment? These words in Luke that are written, that means that they don't mean anything then. That's foolishness if this is true or false. Or if this is false. Rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. It appears to be they were still keeping the commandments. Now, does God speak just to be speaking? Did he speak just to speak? Psalm 
There's great, great wisdom in Psalms. Psalm 89.34 My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. My covenant. We read previously and it was uh, Exodus, Deuteronomy. That word covenant came up. Covenant. Contract, a relationship. Will I not break? People want to break the Sabbath. Nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. He spoke, he spoke these ten commandments. He spoke these ten commandments. This is, a, this is just a different representation of what's up here. He spoke the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and he's not altered any of these words. He has not changed any of these words. <clears throat> that's something, as Pastor Ed would say at Westside, that's something we can bank on. We can bank on. You know, in regards to the Sabbath... <clears throat> the fourth commandment, as we like to call it, the fourth commandment, this section of text right here, or up here, have you <clears throat> noticed that that takes up a, a, quite a bulk of the Scripture? 469 words. 469. I counted up last night. <clears throat> out of the, um, was it 13, 1,500? <clears throat> if you do the math, that is 30%. So for people that want to take away the Sabbath, just take out that. And here, it's right in the middle. <clears throat> so let's just reach right on into the heart of the commandments and yank them out. I would tell you, nay, brethren. If God communed with Moses, if it was so important that the Ten Commandments were written on stone with his finger <clears throat> placed under the mercy seat where he communed, where his powerful holiness was, the Ten Commandments being down here, he's not forgotten them. Man has. If you're forgetting the commandments, you want to take those out, seemingly to me, it's like you're ripping them right out of the heart of God. <clears throat> With the commandments, especially remember the Sabbath day. We remember other things, don't we? We remember not to commit adultery. I'm reminded that I don't want to steal from my employer. I don't want to rob a bank. I don't want to tell lies. I don't want to covet the things that the brethren here would have that I don't. You will not see me going to a mosque. <clears throat> so remember the Sabbath day. Does it not just become, as they would say, so fluid, so secondhand, so 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 natural? Remember the Sabbath day. Because, brethren, for me, I have six days to think about this. Actually, I have every day to think about the Sabbath day. But six days. It just comes six days. It's easy to keep track of the one day, the second day, the third day. 
I looked forward to the seventh day. I looked forward to, as they would call it, Friday night, when the sun goes down. Now, is that part of, is that part of a good mind, if you turn with me to First Peter? Is that part of a good mind? I think it is. First Peter 3. And verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism now does also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. A good conscience. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A good conscience. Now, so, if we're continually thinking about God Almighty and the basic morals that He's given, that He's laid out, so, are we remembering God constantly? I think we are. We constantly remember Him. We don't forget Him. We remember Him. <laughs> uh, let's see. Now, is that good? Does that help us to be faithful? You know, thou shalt not steal. <laughs> God gave the day, do we steal it during our own pleasures? God gave the day, thou shalt not steal. So I'm not going to steal from my brethren here. I'm not going to steal from my family, my employer, and I'm not going to steal God's day from him. I'm not going to steal honor and glory, righteousness from him. I'm going to worship him and not a tree. And not a guy, and not not the not the uh, this image that the weather people will show flying across the screen. Oh, there he is! No, and it is foolishness, brethren. I used to do those things. No, I never did dress up as Santa Claus. I maybe thought about it. Now. So, is it good? Is it good to constantly remember God? Yes, it is. If you turn with me to 1 John. See, brethren, I'm not all doom and gloom all the time. First John 5, verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God... Who's, uh, okay, whoa. Back up. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. And that wicked one, that would be the devil, Satan, touches him not. And we know that we are of God. There is a we here. There is an assembly. There is a group of people that are bound together. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. I just love the ending on this. I just love the ending. Just simple, just something so simple. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep. Little children, keep. Little children, parents, you should not be telling children about these pagan holidays. Keep yourselves from idols. Keep, that word keep. Keep. It's, it's either in Psalms or Proverbs. Keep my commandments and live. Keep. That word keep. Remember the Sabbath day to keep. That love, love them that love me, that keep my commandments. Jesus said, if 
John 14, 15, if you love me. He's, he's quoting right here. Keep my commandments. He said nothing contrary to the Heavenly Father. 1 John 2.10 He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. There is love that's involved in the household of faith. In the faith. There is love. Loving one another. I do enjoy coming here, brethren. I do. I do. I love my brethren. Is that good? He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is... This is positive. There is none occasion of stumbling in him. I've heard it said that that I'm going to sin every day. I'm going to sin every day. Should we not think better of ourselves? When even I've heard this in congregations, assemblies. So when someone says that, are they telling me that, do they think that I, Ben F.M. Williams, that I am going to go home and set up a Christmas tree? Do people really honestly think that I'm going to do that? Is that how you think of me? That I'm going to break the Sabbath? That I'm going to not obey Jesus Christ? And I'm going to do bad things against my wife. That I'm not going to have mercy and compassion on my dad, who's still alive. <clears throat> Ephesians 5.3. Ephesians 5.3. Ephesians 5.3. But fornication and uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once, once named among you as becometh saints, saints of God. Let it not be once once named, and then among you, among you, that means that there is a gathering of believers. Among you. Ye that forget God. God gave ten commandments. He gave them so boldly, so clearly, so precise. He spoke these words. Psalms 50. Psalms 50. I just... I used to think myself that it was all about that it was all about the Sabbath that people hated that they didn't care for Psalms 50 and verse 16 But unto the wicked God saith What hast thou to do what hast thou to to do to declare my statutes or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth seeing thou hatest instruction and castest my words behind thee. When thou, thawest, when thou sawest a thief, 
then thou consentest with him and hast been partaker with adulterers. That thou givest thy mouth to evil and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thought I was altogether such as one as thyself. People thinking that God is like them. Wrong. No. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. I can only imagine the day of judgment, the Ten Commandments being just so visibly just just right here. Because if you've broken one, you've broken them all. These words here in Scripture are not done. Now consider this in verse 22. Now consider this. Think about these things, people. Now consider this. Ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Ye that forget God. Psalms 19.13. I've just got just a few more. Psalms 19.13. Actually, Psalms 19.9. This is just wonderful. Seven, how about that? The law of the Lord is perfect. Yes, it's perfect. There's no guile in his mouth. He didn't speak unrighteousness. Converting the soul. This helps people show them that they need to convert. Because the, way, the, the ways that are contrary to the Ten Commandments are evil, is sin. In 1 John 3, 4, it tells us that sin is the transgression of the law. That's the definition. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 13, actually, verse 11. Well, I'll just continue with verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. We have a warning here, the Ten Commandments. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. People will scoff at the Ten Commandments. Oh, law. Verse 13, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins, Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. So what is the great transgression? I early thought that it's specifically the Sabbath day, the weekly holy seventh day Sabbath. Let's see what Jesus said in Matthew 22. The great transgression. What is the great transgression? What's it boil down to? Matthew 22 and verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That's the great commandment. I believe that in breaking that commandment, that's a great transgression. In the order of Commandments. I firmly believe when God spoke these that it's about Him first. He didn't reorder them. We shouldn't focus on man first. 
we have to focus on God first. And then everything else falls into place. If you turn with me to Hebrews, we'll finish with Hebrews. Hebrews 12. The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Hebrews 12. God spoke the Ten Commandments. And if I recall, they are written on your heart. In my mind, and in their mind while I write, uh, while I put them. Put the, he'll put the law in your mind. And write them where? On the table of your heart. Hebrews 12 and verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. Um, in Psalms 119, 165, great peace have they that love thy law. Peace. Peace. In verse 14, oh, there it is again. Verse 14. <laughs> Follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. That's what it says. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, diligently, lest any man fall by fail, fail of the grace of God. Let's not, we don't want to be failures. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. See, a little, like that reminds me of a little leaveneth, leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. A, a little bit. A little bit of offense in the church. I've seen it. I've seen it. One person, you know, gets upset with me because I wouldn't go out to eat with them on the Sabbath. Three people went, that, that person and two others, no longer attend. Now, I'm not sure if it was because of it, but it was that very next, I think that, I think that person was gone the very next Sabbath. Because I said, I can't do that. Just the immediate thing that I said when they asked me that. I just, I, I can't do that. <clears throat> In verse 18, the Ten Commandments. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. This scene is what happened at Mount Sinai. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. Oh, let not God speak with us. <clears throat> For they could not endure that which was commanded. In verse 21, And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. In verse 25, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth, but, but also heaven. And this word, 
yet once more signifieth the removing of those things which that things that are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain God's word his voice the Ten Commandments what he expects people human beings to do cannot be shaken it, scripture says that his word is settled in heaven it came from on high Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom. This is a good kingdom coming, brethren. To this earth. This earth is totally upside down. The direct opposite of God's ways. Just totally opposite. Wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be removed, let us have grace whereby, whereby we may serve God acceptedly acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire we've seen it we believe it the Ten Commandments the tempest and these good words do they burn in your heart continuously there's comfort there's rewards for the righteous brethren so may God bless you